0: The following podcast is a green fresh media production.
1: I really. Invested any minute that I had where I wasn't doing XYZ thing for XYZ company in side projects.
0: And you know, recently I heard this incredible quote from
1: Shyla, and she said her mom would always tell her, follow your passion and it will lead you to your purpose. The second it starts to feel like work that I'm dreading, that's when I have to either reevaluate do I want to be doing this or change something about the way I'm doing it. The quote, like,
2: if you're passionate about what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, is so overrated.
0: Hello? Hello? Hi. Hey guys, it's your host, Asam. And Emma. Here with another
2: episode of Before Before We We Make Make It. It. And we are here today with Alana Dunn, host of the Seeing Other People podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to be here with both of you. All right, Alana, go ahead and tell us about yourself. We want to hear everything. Just a quick synopsis on how you got here. We know that you've honestly been aware of many hats, so feel free to just give us the spiel.
1: Yes. So I am Alana Dunn. I'm 27 years old. I live in New York City and I am the host of the podcast, Seeing Other People. Before that, I worked at Hinge. I started as their video and content producer and I was there for about two years. By the time I left, I was their lead content creator. I had started and hosted their podcast, Dating Sucks, for them. Made tons of videos on how to make you feel better about your dating life and how to have more success in dating and really just fell in love with that. So ended up wanting to do it on my own. Um, We'll talk more about that because it was half wanting, half getting kicked out the door um, to my surprise. But um, before that, I worked in the music industry out of college. I never imagined wanting to leave the music business, but we will get into that more because I definitely did leave. And yeah, I am also a new dog mom and I mention that because I do think it is a personality trait. No, it totally
2: is. What kind of dog do you have?
1: His name is Barkley. He is a Shih Tzu Bichon. He looks like a stuffed animal and he is absolutely crazy, but I love him. Oh
2: my gosh, that is so cute. (laughs) Shih Tzus are always the best dogs, like Shih Tzu mixed with others. My dog is a a Shih Poo. Shitsu Poodle, yeah. That's but, adorable. Okay. They're so cute. No, that's so awesome. We're so excited to have you on. But before we get into the meat of our conversation, we're going to start off with our first segment, which is truly obsessed. This is our favorite segment where we just talk about all the things that we've been loving lately from music to trends to TV shows, products. Anything that you can think of, you can mention
0: here I Was Truly really Obsessed. So, Dasam, take it away. Awesome. I, I think, like, literally everyone else on the planet right now have been obsessed with Euphoria, like the show Season 2, Episode 2 released recently. I got my roommates hooked on it. They binge-watched Episode 1 through however many they are in the Season 1. And it was literally, like, over the span of a few days. It was just such a fun time to revisit Euphoria Season 1 and then go into the second one And I just think the show, it's so well done. It's so cinematic. It's a beautiful storyline yet very intense and raw at some points. So definitely, that's my number one obsession recently. Number two, I will say I've really been into um, Korean face masks recently, and that's because I got a ton of sheet masks from Nature Republic, which is a very organic beauty brand, and I've just been going through them. It's been such a relaxing way to hydrate your skin after being out in the winter cold. Alana, you know, like, it is freezing out in New York right now. The wind just makes it so much worse. So I always feel very dry in my skin. So those are my two favorites. Amazing.
2: And also, Euphoria, do you watch it by chance?
1: I don't. I know I'm missing out. I know every time it comes back, I'm, like, missing out on a huge cultural moment, (laughs) and I don't understand references. But, like, I've had so many people tell me that I just wouldn't like it. And Mm. based on what I've seen... (laughs) I don't think I would. So I haven't given it a try.
2: No, honestly, that's good because it's it's one of those shows that like if you watch it, you kind of can't stop. But it's not I wouldn't say it's like an enjoyable, like happy, f- fun watch. You know what I mean? There's just it's very intense. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've already seen like snippets of like the kind of topics that they cover in it. So, I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah, it's been kind of funny because I feel like everybody is just obsessed with, like, making memes for it, and, like, oh just, my god, like, that's what's making it so fun this season, even though it's not, like, a fun show, just, like, the commentary around it is amazing, I feel like we're all part of this little club, but... Yeah, if you ever get a yeah. moment, I feel like I feel like maybe you could find some gems in there. I
1: mm-hmm. look, I love the I love the memes. I love the content that is coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I I'm like, okay, like that's that's me getting my euphoria fill and sort of understanding some things. It was like like when Game of Thrones was out, I was I remember I was like interning at um Billboard, and we'll talk about that more later. But I remember feeling so culturally inadequate because I wasn't watching it. And every single whatever day of the week, like Monday or whatever, everybody would come in, everybody would be talking about it. And I was like the only one who wasn't watching, but I tried to get into it and I couldn't. And every single time I dated a new guy, they were like, no, like you have to watch it. Like you'll love it. And so I probably tried to get into Game of Thrones like eight times and it just wasn't for me
2: honestly you that do is you so
1: relatable
2: yeah you do you <laughs> HBO shows can be a lot sometimes I feel like they're always just big like that's like the best way I can describe them but that's totally okay honestly you're probably like you're gonna be better off without euphoria low-key
0: okay I know. so that's <laughs> That's how I felt about Vampire Diaries. I feel like I was so late to the train, but then once I got on the train, like I actually did enjoy it and I was obsessed with it. But I remember like my classmates just going crazy every Thursday or whenever these uh, episodes would release. And I always felt so left out. Like the internet fandom, it could get very, you know, like a clicky in a sense,
1: but it's fine. It's like we don't want to have FOMO from not watching a show. Honestly, <laughs> just wait. Just wait. Look, I- I'll get COVID soon. I'm sure, and I will <laughs> watch Euphoria for you when I can't go anywhere. So we'll today. so we'll Let's wait for that honest. one,
2: and we'll be on standby for your review. Great. Okay. Amazing. So yeah, I have a couple of favorites. My first ones are this. I don't even know how to explain them. they're called facial ice globes and they're by the brand Frasier. So I've seen them on TikTok. They're basically these little like globe stick things that you like use on your face um, over serum and moisturizer, serum or moisturizer technically. Keep them in their fridge mm-hmm. and they're really good for like de your face, um, clearing out like your pores by like making sure the serum sinks in there, if that makes sense. And overall, they're just like this amazing skin product. But be careful because... The ones on Amazon have been shown to break, like, on people's skin because they're made of glass. Oh, god! So, yeah. So, uh, I had to get them from this special brand. Um, but they're Yikes. really, really cool. Um, they feel really amazing on the face. Super cooling. And then another favorite that I've been loving is just makeup videos on TikTok. Like, I've never... I don't know. I feel like I never really learned how to do my makeup. Like, I just started doing whatever looked good but. I was looking back on our New York pictures and I was like, I just want to know how to get like a more natural look (laughs) because I felt like just very boxy brows and like I didn't know how to do my skin makeup. So I found this amazing user on TikTok. Her name is Maggie Williams, Um, Maggie.William61. Guys, go check her out. She is just so freaking talented with makeup and I've gotten a lot of tips from her. So that's been really fun. And then my last favorite is the Maybelline Cheek Heat in Coral. It's a cream blush. So it's just super natural. And I read somewhere that Coral is the most universally flattering blush color. So Mm. fun fact of the day. Yeah, so I I started using that one and I really like it. And yeah, there's so many other makeup favorites though, because again, I'm going down like a rabbit hole with all of these videos on TikTok.
0: I love that. Have y'all seen the Anastasia Beverly Hills brow gel and brow freeze I believe they're like used to push up the brows like super super I don't know in like a bushy way Mm -hmm. and I actually tried that the other day and I was like this does not look good on me (laughs) but that's trending right now and I understand what you mean like getting more of like a natural glowy just like, oh, I didn't put on makeup, but I did kind of vibe. Yeah. It's achievable, you know? But so I got the easy. brow freeze and I've been using it for a couple weeks. And it's okay, like when you
2: first use it, it kind of gets like gives you that like laminated brow look. But you have to keep mm. brushing it out until like it feels right and like a little looser. Cause when you first put it on, like your brows will go straight up, like it'll look very strange. So you kind of <laughs> have to mess with it a little bit, but it is super Jack Frost vibes. Yeah, no, it's a super good product though. I highly recommend that one. I feel like I
1: just learned so much about being a girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's never like I, this. Like what I'm gonna say, I'm literally obsessed with. Is has nothing to do with like any makeup or skincare products. Like I have literally never had a skincare routine in my life. It's a really big problem. I'm Your trying amazing, really hard though, now to like. Video. Well, yeah, but that's because like you can't really say. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's because like I just. It, I've, it's never been my thing. I know nothing about makeup. I sometimes will like buy a mask at CVS when I'm feeling like, ooh, like self-care. But <laughs> I have a lot to learn. But like the, I will say one of the first things I noticed when we jumped on here, I know nobody else can see you guys, but I can see you guys. And both of you, like your makeup looks amazing. Oh and I'm God. like, damn. Wow. I... <laughs> I, I need to step it up.
2: <laughs> no, but you, I feel like you're one of those people that's like, yeah, I just use a bar of soap and I have like super clear skin. Like, trust me, this is this is a new thing. Like, this is a 2022 goal is just to like <laughs> learn more about skin and makeup. So... But normally on our calls, like we're just in leggings
0: and messy buns. So (laughs) you're blessed naturally, you know? They're just like us, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But what are your favorites, Alana?
1: Yes. So I lately have been obsessed with, okay, I have a few shows that I'm going on. And then one specific thing. Um, Believe it or not, I'm watching Friends for the first time ever.
0: (gasps) Oh, my heart.
1: I'm at the end of season two. I still don't know what what my opinion is on whether or not Ross and Rachel were on a break, but eventually I'll get there. <laughs> um, but I have been absolutely loving that. Also watching Westworld. That's intense. And uh, like you said, like a big HBO show. Um, really enjoying that. And obviously like obsessed with cheer because who isn't? And um in terms of like actual things, this is going to be like really weird because I'm nowhere in, at all remotely near getting engaged, but I've been obsessed with like learning <laughs> about engagement rings. Um, like my boyfriend and I are like about to hit one year, but like we, I'm he's not buying me a ring anytime soon. Like that's not <laughs> happening. But I feel like everybody, like all of my close friends are starting to either like have been getting engaged or are like soon to be getting engaged. And so my entire explore page is engagement rings. If you look, if somebody like looked at my explore page and didn't know me, they'd think I was like a week away from getting engaged. And it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love learning about that. I'm going ring shopping with one of my friends who is much closer to getting proposed to than I am this weekend. And so I'm like, probably going to try some on just for fun, but I'm not going to tell my boyfriend that.
2: No, honestly, that's so and so nice, amazing. I love that. I feel like there's shapes that i haven't even known about until like
1: very recently cuz of tiktok honestly yeah exactly yeah. i like i was just like oh there's like some round ones and some square ones <laughs> yeah. and then some like other things and my friends were like oh what and then like over the last 6 months i've just started like learning all about everything and i'm like oh my god how does somebody pick like how does somebody know what they want that what they're still going to want in 20 years from now just intense, yeah, just get a new and- one
2: every like five years to match with your style, right? But did you see <laughs> oh um, did you see Megan Fox's ring? I did. Stunning. I actually
1: like I liked it. I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, this is so weird, non-traditional, and like like just bizarre. But I think it's so special and unique and like amazing. So I like it.
0: The ring that stands out to me the most is the one that actually Michael Phelps got his um, wife, fiance at the time, I guess. It is so beautiful; it's just like insane because you see like the traditional white diamond, but then hers had like blue sapphires in there, mm-hmm. like a ton of like intertwined gems, and it was just absolutely gorgeous. And it was Whoa. all like meaningful, symbolic. Did you just look it up? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Oh wait. Okay, so cool. I need to wow. see this. Let me <laughs> okay,
1: wait, hold on. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: like typing so know. fast. Michael Phelps. It is
1: engaging.
0: Here, look. Oh my gosh. Alana is pulling up on the screen. It is so Holy different. Cow. But it is insane. Uh,
1: uh, everybody just stop what you're doing right now. I mean, keep listening to us. Don't stop this. But like whatever else you're <laughs> doing, stop and Google Michael Phelps engagement ring. Cause this is something you need to see. Why? I is love gorgeous. when people do that. Like I think it's so, so special. special to do something that's meaningful to you and your partner. Like you don't have to do what's trendy. You don't have to do something that's like quote unquote timeless if you don't want to like if there's something else that's more meaningful do it
2: yeah that is no that's amazing I feel like it would have been yeah it wouldn't have been enough to just get especially Megan Fox like an average ring like she had to go above and beyond but even this one Mm -hmm. is gorgeous oh my gosh okay amazing before we get off topic um, let's get yes. into the meat of the episode. So, like we talked about, we have a lot of ground to cover. But first off, we can talk about college. Dasam and I both recently graduated in May of 2021. And it's been a journey, I think we're both in very different places as far as like career industries go. Um, But I think like the main part of it all, and I feel like Dasom can speak about this really well, is knowing when to start networking and what that realistically looks like.
0: Yeah, because let's be real. Like I feel like college students are truly like fish out of water sometimes when it comes to, oh, I need to start building a career or building a professional connection base or whatever. And it's so crazy because... You go in and you're like, okay, I'm majoring in this, but obviously like people switch majors. And for me as a business student, it was like hammered into me, like go network, go to these, you know, career workshops and, um, business informationals, et cetera. For a lot of other majors, they're totally clueless about it and it can be hard to navigate So like what sparked your interest in that?
1: How do you get into it? So for me, when I was growing up, I was literally obsessed with music, specifically the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) And I, like I literally, my entire room, like floor to ceiling, including the entire ceiling was posters of them. Like my bedding was them. Everything of my life was about the (laughs) Jonas Brothers. And I was always really frustrated because I would constantly hear about my friends getting like front row tickets for free through their parent's friend who worked at a record label or getting to meet them because Mm. like their cousin had an in with the today show or something. And it was really frustrating for me because my parents didn't have any of those things like, and I like resented them for it almost. And so I kind of decided like, when I grow up, I want to be the person with the connection and I'm going to figure out what it, what I have to do to do that and to get there. And so while I was in love with the Jonas brothers, I was also developing this other passion for my camera. And that was through both like photography and videography. My mom loves to tell everybody that like we were on a ski trip in like Park City, Utah, which is like a dream for anyone who skis. (laughs) And I like by like 1130 a.m. We're like at the lodge on top of the mountain. And I'm like, oh, like my ankle hurts. I need to like go back to the hotel room. And I went back to the hotel room and like edited a music video all day to enter a contest to win an electric guitar from a band that I liked. (laughs) And so so I, I really just started to combine like my passions for my camera and music. And when I was like applying to college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't really think to myself like, oh, there's a music business out there. (laughs) Like I knew I wanted to be the connection, but I didn't put two and two together of like, oh, I could go work in this thing to end up doing that. Um, But I ended up going to Syracuse University and I was in their um, communication school called Newhouse and I entered as a photojournalism major. And after taking my first course, like photography course there, my first semester, I was like, no, I don't need a degree to take pictures. Like I'm here. I'm at this amazing program. There's so much more I could learn with my time here. And so I looked at other majors within the school and I ended up um, switching to be a television, radio, film major. And Mm. I started doing that second semester freshman year. And I fell in love with it. I also then had to pick a minor. And I'm like looking (laughs) at all like a list of like 300 minors. And I'm like, I don't know, like maybe psychology, like everybody minors in (laughs) psych, maybe I'll do that. I had no idea. And all of a sudden I saw like music business and it hit me. I'm like, Oh my God, like one of the best music business programs in the country is at Syracuse. Holy shit. I can minor in that. So I ended up deciding to do this television radio film major, this music industry minor. And I was just like, okay, now I have to figure out like How do I actually do this? And basically what ended up happening was I was applying for like every single internship possible. Again, I had no connections and I didn't have any. And I saw somebody sent me an internship that someone sent them that like they weren't going to apply for. And it was to intern for the Elvis Duran show for Z100. And I was like, holy shit, this is like the (laughs) mecca. This is my dream. And there's no way I'm going to possibly get it. How could I ever get this internship? Thousands of people are applying. I've done no networking. It's too late. I don't even know if they're still accepting applications. And so what I did was I created a new resume and a new cover letter. I put my name into the logo, Alana done in the morning show in their colors. I made that the top of my cover letter, the top of my resume. I had my resume and everything like in their fonts, in their colors, in all of their branding. And I reached out to one of the producers of the show on LinkedIn and his name was David Brody and I wow. sent it to him and I got a call from him and mm-hmm. he said we've actually already filled the interns for the summer but let me reach out to like the greater like iHeartRadio of New York and see if the video production team is taking interns and so because I like figured it out myself like I networked I made this connection that I didn't have I made myself stand out to him I ended up getting an internship not just at Z100 <laughs> but I was interning for Z100 power one Um, Oh my God. Q104.3. There were like six different radio stations under that umbrella in New York. And I was suddenly working for all of them. So I get there on my first day. Sorry. This is like the longest. No, this is great. Ever. It's so exciting. I'm engaged. I get, <laughs> okay. I get there on my first day thinking I'm going to be like delivering coffee for people. I don't like doing like, like faxing things. I don't even know. And, um, I meet my boss, Jamie, and he goes, okay, at nine fifty, we have Wiz Khalifa coming up to power. I need you to photograph oh. that. Then at eleven thirty, we have Demi at Z. I need you to film that. And then we have Jesse McCartney at three thirty. I need you to photograph that. And I need you to edit it all and get it ready for the website by the end of the day. Can you do that?
0: Wow! Holy cow!
1: That's and a I, lot. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> and so basically, from the, the reason I told that story in so much detail is because I realized like instantly like. I absolutely love doing this. I want to be doing this for a very long time. And the way I made it happen is how I ended up getting every single other connection, every single foot in every door I wanted, and every other internship that I had like my heart set on. I created like a very custom branded cover letter and resume for the company. Mm. I reached out to people, whether I knew them or not, and I made myself stand out. And I knew that there were thousands of people applying, applying to all of these. And it was like, how can they look at my resume and not just like, scan through it for three seconds and move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that is what I did. And and it worked every time. (laughs) Not every time, but like it worked.
0: (laughs) Congratulations. That's such a success story. Like underdog turned winner, like truly like so incredible how you achieved all that. I just think it's wild to see that you started with no resources, but then you created your own in a sense.
1: Yeah. And guess what happened that first summer when I was at Z100? my professor from Syracuse emailed me and asked if I could get his daughter tickets to something. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. I'm the connection. I couldn't, but I, I appreciated the effort.
2: That is wild. And I can't help but wonder like during all of these, because re- I mean, you interned slash worked at like a lot of really big companies. Like I stalked your LinkedIn and I feel like I know too many things, but I just think that, Like okay, imposter syndrome. Did you experience it? I don't know what years you were like working these jobs, but I feel like in recent years it's become like this major topic. Was it even talked about then? Like when you were going through this, and do you think like you ever felt any of that? Such it definitely
1: was not talked about. I don't even know if I knew it was a thing. Um, if anything, I was just like, I was constantly like, holy shit, how am I here? Like, oh my God, I'm in this room. Oh my God, I'm at this meeting talking about this Katy Perry album that's coming out. Like, what am I doing here? And the thing is, there were some jobs that I had, some internships that I had where I was so excited to be there, so proud. I had so many ideas and coming off of this like first incredible experience where I was able to like do things, I had a really high expectations and high hopes. And I actually almost experienced like the opposite of imposter syndrome in a way where I got to these other companies and they didn't want me to do a thing. Mm. And it was really disappointing. It was really like kind of soul crushing. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel like, okay, well, then why'd they even hire me? They don't want me here. It's not that I don't deserve to be here. I fully deserve to be here. And I know that and I know that I have so much to offer them, but they don't care. They don't want me here. I mean, there was one internship where I had um, the entire summer, they literally didn't let me do a Thing. Like they didn't let me edit a single video. All they wanted me to do was like deal with ordering food and mm-hmm. like picking out like things for the set and like behind the scenes stuff. And then it wasn't until my last week there. And I, I was constantly saying, like, let me do this, let me do that, let me do that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until my last week there. Two people were sick on the team. They needed somebody to like edit a video. And so one of the producers came over and asked, like, if I could handle doing something. And he was like, Can you get this by the end of the day? Like, can you edit this, this, and this? And I was like, sure. And he was like, Okay, like let me know if you have any questions. I'm like, okay. And he literally said, "Like, can you do this by the end of the day?" And 25 minutes later, I went over to his desk. I'm like, "Okay, I'm done. What else do you need?" And he was like, "What? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> that's faster than I would have done it. You've been able to do this this whole time." I'm like, "Yeah, I've been trying to tell you." And mm-hmm. so it was really upsetting that that was the experience I had after having so much like ownership over everything I was doing. And um, that actually ended up happening a lot when I actually graduated and got a real job. Mm-hmm. And um, it's part of the reason I ended up leaving the music industry.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And how do you? deal with that? Like, you obviously said you made yourself stand out in the application process, which means you're probably very self confident, self aware, like you knew what you had to offer, right? When you're not fully, I guess, like fulfilled in your job, and you're afraid to pivot out of it or leave for something better. Because what if the grass isn't greener on the other side? Like, how did you deal with those doubts and worries about what you could find
1: and not find? What I did was I really invested any minute that I had where I wasn't doing XYZ thing for XYZ company in side projects. I Mm. wanted to... I was working at a record label. I wanted to see if I would like management better. I wanted to see if I'd be more fulfilled in music management. And so I found a band to manage and worked with them. And it was every single night, every single weekend day. Like I literally had no social life anymore outside of this band. But I learned that I absolutely loved every aspect of management. And Mm. so while I was really kind of torn down at work and not enjoying work and upset about it, I was learning what I loved and I was feeling so fulfilled outside of work. And I mean, that's, that's what I did when I was at Hinge. Like that's what I did in every job that I've had. The second I start to feel either bored or not or like underutilized, I've figured out like, okay, what do I really want to be doing and how can I go do it? So good. I think that having
2: so many different passions is such a huge thing. Like, I don't know, I feel like more than ever, even, you know, I was looking at my grandparents and my parents and I feel like in past generations, older generations, they were used to getting jobs at like these corporate companies and working there, like till retirement, you know, and now that we're living in like the social media generation, everything's online, I feel like, Number one, we're being exposed to so many different jobs that we kind of like didn't even know existed. And number two, more people are deciding to choose passion and want over, I just need like a job. Obviously, that comes with like a certain amount of privilege. It's not like everybody has the privilege of choice. But I think if you do, that's become more of a priority than like anything. So... To make a long question short, what would you tell people who have so many different passions and almost like not enough time or they feel like they don't have enough time to explore each one of those avenues? Because I feel like with you, it was, I mean... It sounds like it was a little more organic than I think, like other people have found in their career journeys. So, yeah, what's some yeah. like advice or
1: some words of wisdom that you would give to someone who's just trying to figure it out? Yeah, I love that question. And I think, look, we're all trying to figure it out and we all can feel like stifled at work. We all can feel underutilized. We all can feel like we're not doing enough or we're not on the path that we want. And in trying to figure out what is right for us and what passions we could turn into a career, think about what you really feel. I know I keep saying, fulfilled, but like what actually fulfills you? Like, yes, you might Mm -hmm. like working out a lot. You might really like fitness classes, but like, do you really want to be a fitness instructor? Is that really what you want to do? That is something that you can do where you can take that passion into and turn it into a career, but is teaching five fitness classes a day as a full-time fitness instructor, is that going to work for you? Is that going to feel good for you? Is that a lifestyle you can maintain? I've had friends who thought that and they tried it and it turns out it wasn't. Um, Or is what you want to do, like, do you want to, start a podcast do you want to like be an artist like whatever it is I think figure out what really fulfills you at the end of the day talk to different people who are doing these different things hear about the ups and the downs of each because nothing's ever as perfect as it seems you might think somebody has like your absolute dream Mm -hmm. job they're killing it they love their life no It's not like that. There are so many pros and cons to everything. And I remember when I felt really lost um, leaving music or wanting to leave music, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't expect to be doing what what I'm doing now. But um, I gave the fitness instructor example because, like, I loved doing, like, one-on-one personal training. And I was like, oh, like, Mm. I could totally become a personal trainer. And a nutritionist. And while I'm getting my degree in nutrition, <laughs> I'll be a personal trainer on the side. <laughs> and so I like talked to somebody who had like trained me like twice because like she seemed cool and I knew that that's, that was she, what she was doing. And she was telling me how hard it was, how exhausting it was, how she doesn't think she wants to do this, how like she's going to get her nutrition degree and then do nothing with it and how she feels super lost. And I'm like, oh boy, like that's me in a year and a half if I go down this path. And so really like write down the things you love to do, write down the jobs that are correlated with those things and then go find people to talk to.
0: Yes. That's so good. And you know, recently, I heard this incredible quote from Shaila. I don't know if y'all know her. She's an influencer. She recently started her own yoga athleisure company. And she said her mom would always tell her, follow your passion, and it will lead you to your purpose. And I love your example of, you know, just putting yourself out there and it not feeling like work, like you not feeling this pressure to perform or perform perfectly. Because I feel the exact same way when I was working in supply chain finance at an oil and gas company, it was like the loneliest summer of my life. And I would just did not enjoy the work. I was going to say, it sounds
1: awful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people enjoy it. It wasn't for me. I'm much more of a creative person, but I was stuck in Excel sheets all day and I found myself, like I grew my social media page, like the most it's ever grown. Like during that summer, I was ideating, like what YouTube videos do I want to post? Like during the plant tours where I was supposed to be paying attention and taking notes on plants, like oil and gas plants. And so I was so like, just motivated to search out those things. And it didn't feel like work. And I think that's such a valuable point. Absolutely. I think it's also
2: like sometimes passions are necessarily dreams because you kind of don't want to mess up the thing that you love doing by making it work.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you why yes. I left like music. <laughs> tell us. Um, yeah. No, one million, gajillion, one <laughs> billion, whatever, like, as we would say when we were kids, percent. Um, you have to make sure that you can separate, like, the part you love about it and the part that is work about it. Um, when I was working at a record label for two years, I start I stopped listening to music.
2: Oh, god! Music made me
1: sad. Like, I used to check Mm -hmm. New Music Friday every single day. I used to be New Music Tuesday. I would check New Music Tuesday, too. And (laughs) it when I, like, saw what went on behind the scenes, how political it was, how most of the people who work at Record Labels are living paycheck to paycheck, even until, like, they're in their late 20s, um, and they're working so hard, and so many people's ideas are constantly getting shut down, and it's just, like, this almost, like, dick-sucking competition. Mm -hmm. When I (laughs) learned all of that, I was, like, like I would hear a new song or someone be like oh my god like the new Sam Smith album's out and I'm like well now I'm thinking about all of the people that worked on it that get absolutely no recognition that are miserable mm. that like couldn't have a social life while they were working on it and who are probably like depressed and anxious now and are having mental health problems that they didn't have before and that's what I would think of when wow. I thought of music and that is how I knew I needed to leave yeah it's interesting cuz Emma Chamberlain
2: she was talking about in her podcast how obviously like working for yourself and being an influencer. I feel like that is just such a glamorized job right now. And, you know, she was just kind of talking about the realities of it and how it's not all it's cracked up to be. There's so much pressure on obviously like people liking you specifically, like if you are an influencer, because that's kind of your source of income. But it was just Mm -hmm. interesting because she was saying that when you make those things, like the things that you start out to love, you know, your main job, it kind of just rips away that illusion of like, you know, the beautiful end result that you were so attracted to when you first found that passion. It's kind of even like with movies, like you see the end results of movies and it's beautiful and wonderful. But I am sure that it's not like that behind the scenes, you know, like all of the stuff that goes into it. And so I guess with that, like, should we just not like pursue those things in, you know, in an attempt to save ourselves from discovering those realities? Or like, how do you even like solve that whole debacle? I
1: think it's, I mean, I love, I love that example that you gave. And and yes, it is so true how like influencer dumb is, <laughs> or in, influencer dumb. It's so glorified. Me. Yeah, it's so glorified. And It's at the same time, it's like, it's glorified, but it's also like really negatively judged too. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I'm kind of in a a place in my career where I'm like, I didn't want to be an influencer. And I'm realizing now that as a podcaster, if I want to make money, I have to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind Mm -hmm. of trying to like, like bite my tongue through it and just like accept it. But I'm like, I really didn't want this. I know I'm going to be judged for it. I know Mm -hmm. like my friends are saying shit about Mm. it behind my back and like I don't feel comfortable with this, but it's what I have to do Mm -hmm. in order to Mm -hmm. actually like make a living off Mm -hmm. this. Um, But going back to what we're talking about, I think if you realize that you are starting to think of that passion differently or if you are starting to lose passion for it, then get out while you can. I also Mm -hmm. think if you have one passion in life, like just one, that's amazing. Don't ruin it. (laughs) Like if you have a Mm -hmm. lot of passions, then yes, experiment with turning XYZ of those passions in your into careers or like streams of income, but make sure you still keep some passions on the side, some things that you love just for yourself. Um, Mm. Also figure out like what things make you happy outside of work, regardless, like right now, like I know that like I am pursuing my passion. Um, but at the same time, I'm also like freelancing on the side. Like my passion is doing this podcast. It's helping people feel less alone and more empowered in their dating lives. Um, mm. And so I do the podcast. I make content. I have one-on-ones with my listeners to really help them through their specific problems. But I also have other, I have freelance clients because I have to make money. And mm-hmm. so when I think about the things that like stress me out and frustrate me throughout the day, it's not seeing other people. It's not everything that goes with that. It's like all the other work that I have to do to a, in staff. order to... A, Forward to do seeing other people, so I'm still like, okay, seeing other people is the cherry on top. It's what I love doing. It's it it, it is what makes me fulfilled. Um, but I'm not feeling miserable mm-hmm. from it yet, and <laughs> I know now. Based on the fact that this has happened to me multiple times, the second it starts to feel like work that I'm dreading, the second I wake up not excited for a recording, um, that's when I have to either reevaluate do I wanna be doing this or change something about the way I'm doing it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changing the way that you do it is actually like so underrated because a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, I guess I'm not a gym person because I don't really like being judged at the gym and like, you know, lifting weights, whatever. But there's so many other ways to enjoy that passion, you know, and a lot of people like tie their identities to their passions and it becomes like a sense of worth, like value, whatever. And that also makes it draining and exhausting over time. So I think passions can evolve with us you could try a passion, not like it, or it cannot meet your expectations. And that doesn't have to be the end of the world. Like you can move on to a different passion, you could try something else. Or like you said, you could evolve in like within the passion, like how you're going about it, which industry you're in, in that passion, whatever. So yeah. there's so many different ways, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be this like end of the world. I'm attaching myself to this and it's now or never.
1: And I, I think it's actually really smart to not do that. Like it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't be like, let me give an example. When I was at Hinge. My first year at Hinge, like my job description was literally the face of Hinge on social media. And I got so wrapped up in it. I literally changed all of my social media handles to be Alana from Hinge. And I would start every video like, hey guys, it's Alana from Hinge. And every people knew me as Alana from Hinge. People would come up to me on the street being like, oh my God, you're Alana from Hinge. And for so long, it felt amazing. And then maybe after about like like about a year in, I was like, I don't want this anymore. Like I need to separate my work life and my personal life. Like I am not just Alana from Mm -hmm. Hinge. I am Alana Dunn. There's way more to me than just being the Hinge girl. And while I felt so excited about it, I was so wrapped up in it. I loved it. I started to realize that I, it wasn't, a thing that I wanted anymore and so you know what I changed I was no longer Alana from Hinge I went back to being Alana done on social media I started to make sure I was talking about other things with my friends with my family when I was on dates like I really tried to gain ownership of my actual like self again and mm. that was something that really helped me like I don't think I would have made another year at Hinge had I remain Alana from Hinge.
2: Yeah, that separation is huge and I feel like especially when it's something that starts out as a passion turned job, it's like oh my gosh, everything 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 that you think about that you do, you literally breathe <laughs> your job. Like that's I mean, that's how I've I've definitely felt like that in in past experiences. I also just want to say, I think that the quote, like, if you're passionate about what you do, you'll never work a day in your life is so overrated, because I think with everything there comes work, you know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be effort that you need to put forth in order to get to that dream in order to actually actively work on that thing you're passionate about. So even like with what you're doing now and your podcast, I mean, I've like, you have so many interesting episodes and I feel like you're doing so well. It's still effort. And I'm sure that there are times when it feels like that. It's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows and like, this is so easy. I could do this mm-hmm. forever, you know, because we're only human beings and we do have limits.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm really glad you brought that up. I mean, I have so many people will be like, oh my God, like you must absolutely love every single day of this. And it's like, at the end of the day, like I do, I'm so lucky that I found something that I love that. I feel fulfilled from that I feel like is actually making a positive impact on people. I'm so lucky in that regard. But yeah, it's really hard. And it's really scary. And there's no like promised paycheck, there's no salary, there's no benefits, there's no guarantee that people are going to keep listening or that guests are going to want to keep coming on. And so it is really hard. It's really challenging. And and yeah, like there are some days where I'm not excited to like, also record content or some days where I'm like, oh, like I need to write new tweets because tweets are a really big part of my social strategy and how I get the word out about seeing other people. But like my creative brain doesn't want to work and I can't write (laughs) tweets. And that's where I've been for the last two weeks now, not writing tweets. Um, (laughs) So it does come with its own challenges. And, And I mean, everybody I talk to is like, oh my God, like seeing other people is your only job now, right? Like that's incredible. How did you turn it into that main thing. And I literally seeing other people maybe like makes up like 20% of my income. I oh, just shoot. don't really talk about the other freelance clients, you know? Um, but it's not everything that it seems, but I do love it at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I had someone recently like also asked me like, oh, are you moving to New York City to do like before you make it full time? And I was uh, like, yeah. no, <laughs> definitely not, <laughs> you know? But sometimes maybe this is just a me thing, but I feel like in this day and age, everyone is doing a million things like, multifaceted human beings, whatever. But sometimes I feel like an inconsistent person for liking so many different things. And also like, okay, like I like writing, I like making TikToks, YouTube videos, but I also like being a business consultant and, you know, doing things that are technically challenging as well. And do you ever feel guilty for not staying in one industry and just being like a legend veteran in that industry and not really just like honing your skill sets in one area?
1: It's not so much that I feel guilty because I know how much I've grown from like, leaving the music industry from no longer working at a dating app or working at like an actual company, but it's more so it's like, would it just be easier? Like, would Mm. it just be simpler? Would it make more sense to me to everyone around me? But and, and yes, the answer probably is Definitely. Yes, it would be easier. And it would be simpler. And I would know how much money I was going to make and how much money I could spend on things. And I would know that I don't have to pay like 800 bucks out of pocket for health insurance a month, but I wouldn't be happy, or at least as happy as I am now. And I know that because I've been through it. And so it it is really tough. Like there are some times for example, like every year when the Forbes 30 under 30 comes out, um, that's my least favorite day of the year. It's like the, like, I need to start taking that as like a mental health day and not Mm -hmm. having access to my phone or anything because I go right to the music section and I know half the people on the list. Mm -hmm. And that was my biggest goal for years Mm -hmm. was to make it onto that list. And I always see that and I'm like, wow, like that should have been me. And I decided to leave and now I'm never going to be on a list like this. And I get really hard on myself and yeah, had I stayed in music and on the path I was on, like, I was crushing it. Maybe I could have been on 30 on 30. Like, I'm sure I would have honestly, but mm-hmm. I would not have been happy. And and so there was actually one point where like one of my friends was on the list and I called her to congratulate her. And she's like, this is literally the worst morning of my life. Like I was hoping I wouldn't be on the list because I'm like having the worst time at work right now. I want to quit. I hate everything. Oh no, everyone's congratulating me and I have to act like I'm happy. And like, that made me feel a lot better. <laughs> not that I like wish ill upon anyone, but that, that was a really good reality check for me. Wow. There
2: is so much that we've taken from this episode. But before we close off, what is just one closing piece of advice that you have for our listeners? Most of our audience is, I mean, I feel like we're all generally in the same boat in our 20s, trying to figure it out, trying to quote unquote make it. What is just something that you want to leave Mm -hmm. everyone with?
1: The best piece of advice I've ever been given in my life. It's how I ended up getting to the program at Syracuse, it's how I've ended up getting every job that I've gotten. And every connection I've ever gotten and and doing all the things that I've done is from my mom. And it's, if you don't ask, you don't get. Mm, there you go. And whether it's in your career, whether it's in your personal life, um, a relationship, whatever it is, like if there's something that you want, you can't assume that anyone's going to know that you want it unless you put yourself out there and ask.
0: Yes. I've also heard people say, I mean, you know, from the office, like you make 0% of the shots that you um, yep. don't take. <laughs> But, uh, but also you are literally saying no for the other person. If you do not open the door, if you do not ask, which is crazy because in a way you're stealing those opportunities from yourself. And I really think that's such a good piece of advice, but Alana, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can everyone find you, support you, listen to your podcast.
1: Thank you guys for having me. So seeing other people is available to wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, also on Instagram at seeing other people. And I'm at Alana Dunn everywhere, I-L-A-N-A dot D-U-N-N. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Be sure to check out the Seeing Other People podcast
2: and Alana's personal Instagram. Also, be sure to follow us at Before We Make It on Instagram if you don't already. We have started releasing our new episodes every Tuesday everywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And now you can actually do ratings on Spotify. So be sure to give us a five-star rating if you wish. And leave a- Yes. Let me think of an emoji that they could leave leave a a music note emoji on the announcement post for this episode for alana all right thank you
0: so much
1: thank you bye Bye guys